like nostalgic. Movie review. Nerdy. Married man. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to New Nostalgic Movie Reviews. I am David. And I am Steven. And today we are looking at a movie based off of a video game. It is Uncharted. Yes. This is a 2022 film. Uh, it's PG-13, hour 56 minutes. The synopsis, uh, street smart Nathan Drake is recruited by seasoned treasure hunter Victor Sully Sullivan to recover a fortune amassed by Ferdinand Magellan and lost 500 years ago by the house of Moncada. And this movie is starring Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, Antonio Banderas, Sophia Ali, and Tati Gabriel. There's a few other actors and stuff, but those, those really, it really focuses on those main five. Yeah, this film, uh, I will say it is not the worst video game movie that I've ever seen. I, I, like, I even I even had fun watching it. I, I think, I know, David, I think you've played through all of these games. Yes, the, the games are so good. I haven't played through any of the games. I just bought the collection recently. I still have yet to play through it. I'm a little behind on all my PlayStation games still. <laughs> I will say if you have not played the games, you will probably enjoy this movie more than someone who has played the games. Yes, I have uh, heard that a lot. Though, uh, even with that being the case, I still enjoyed this movie and I would put this in like the top half of video game movies. I would put this maybe a little bit underneath like Need for Speed and Silent Hill, but better than most of the other ones, like definitely better than all the Mortal Kombat's and definitely better than the Dead or Alive and Tekken's and Street Fighters and a lot of those games. I, I might disagree with you on the Mortal Kombat's, but that's just because I have a little soft spot for those. Uh, <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, like I'd say this is like a mid tier video game movie. Yeah. Now, when I first like this movie's kind of been in development hell for years i mean there's been rumors about this movie it seems like longer than the games even existed like eh, that's not true but it (laughs) seems that way because it kept getting postponed and they not having luck finding cast and stuff because i think i remember even after it was like the second or third game came out that a lot of people were talking about a petitioning for uh, Nathan Fillion to play Nathan Drake. And there was even that like fan made like 14 minute long movie on YouTube starring Nathan Fillion as Nathan Drake. Yeah. And that, that fan made movie is unfortunately, like I I don't want to say, unfortunately it is, it is leagues better than this uncharted movie that we actually got. And I just, I think Nathan Fillion would have been the perfect casting if not, uh, you know, What's it called? The original guy that. Oh, Nolan North, the voice actor. Nolan North. Yeah, like Nolan North could have done it as well. Yeah. The one thing I will (laughs) say is that um, it does seem like Nathan Drake in the games is a young 20s, like maybe early 30s kind of age. And both of those guys are pushing 50s. So I I would have gotten the same roles as like, it would have felt too Indiana Jones for me if we had 50 year olds playing this character. But I do think that I don't think Tom Holland was a great choice. Like, he does good for this movie, but I don't think he's a great pick for Nathan Drake. Well, so in the game, Nathan Drake, he's probably mid-20s to 30. Like, he's around Mm -hmm. that age. And then Sully is in his 40s, probably pushing 50. And so it just felt weird. And, I mean, it worked because this movie is meant to be an origin story of how Nathan and Sully met. 
Yeah. So them being younger makes sense. But like when I first saw the casting, I felt like Tom Holland steamed a little too young and also Mark Wahlberg. And though I love both of those actors so much because they're really good and they do a great job in this movie. They just seem a little young. Yeah. And I mean, Mark being Mark, you know, he, he just he doesn't seem like Sully. No, he seems like Mark Wahlberg trying to be Mark Wahlberg. Me not even playing the games. I was like, I, I felt like both of these choices were so odd. Like just even looking at the characters and seeing some of the gameplay that I've seen watching the other people play this game a little bit and stuff. I was like, what? why? <laughs> like, yeah. And everyone was wondering if he was going to have that mustache and stuff. And that was a really stupid thing that they did with that. <laughs> well, the end credit scene, they gave him the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Like when I went into the movie, I really tried to not think about the game to just keep an open yeah. mind, and it worked. I mean, I I still came out having really enjoyed the movie, but a lot of the big set pieces are based off of things that happened in the game, and all I kept thinking to myself was, I'd almost rather play the game than watch the movie. Or know? yeah, like watching the cutscenes for the game or watching someone else play this game is almost more cinematic and stuff, and you get more depth to everything. Well, yeah. a lot of games nowadays are being made more cinematic. So it's yeah. almost like, what's the point of making a movie when the game is doing it so well anyway? I, I mean, that was one of the biggest arguments against the Last of Us TV series, but that was still really well done. And I, I think it still mm-hmm. can be done, but I think it has to be done in the right ways. It can't just be like this movie. A lot of these movies that are video game adaptations, they almost seem more like they're for people who haven't played these games than be for the actual gamers itself. And that's where I feel like Dungeons and Dragons did so well because Dungeons and Dragons actually felt like it was for the players and it wasn't for the mass audience. Well, another challenge I find with video game movies is they're trying to condense these eight, you know, hour, 20 hour stories yeah. down to an hour and a half to two hours. So a lot of the times it feels like a summary. Yeah. And I mean, this movie had a pretty cohesive story. And I mean, I, I think it did really well. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it does feel kind of rushed sometimes. It does feel a little uh, rushed sometimes. And I will say that this movie also falls victim to a, just feeling a lot like a lot of these other style of movies, a lot of these kind of adventure heist movies like Lost City, uh, the Indiana Jones movies and the Tomb Raider movies. Like there is just some of those things where a lot of the same tropes happen in all these movies the go get this item to go get this item to unlock this thing and the betrayals and the betrayals of the betrayals and the betrayals of the betrayals of the betrayals that happens in all these movies and you're just like ah yeah <laughs> I, I don't know if it happens in all these movies but i definitely felt like this movie every character was exactly the same there was so yeah. much backstabbing throughout the movie no one trusted each other the, whether you were a main character, a bad guy, a good guy, everyone was backstabbing the other person for their own benefit. And it was like, it became almost like predictably funny. Like, Yeah, I yeah, I, I will agree with that. I mean, I, I guess it might be just be recency bias for me because just watching the uh, last Indiana Jones movie did the Crystal Skull. We had that one character that backstabbed, that backstabbed, and then backstabbed and backstabbed. Like he did it four times. The triple crosses. Yeah, <laughs> and then we were like making all those jokes and everything about that. But it, you're right. It's literally with every single character in this movie, though, and not just one character. Where most movies of this kind of type do it with only one character. 
Yeah, whereas every character was the same type of character in this movie. So uh, I guess, do you have any final thoughts before we go on to spoilers? Uh, I think I would probably say this movie is uh, worth a stream. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily... I, I might pay money to like rent it like a cheap like four three dollar four dollar rental or something, but I don't know if I'd pay any more for this movie. Um, I think it's really well done for what it is, and I think if I'm not thinking about the games at all, it's a well put together movie, and it's visually stunning in a lot of ways. And there is a lot of good things with like Tom Holland especially, and a lot of really awesome stunts. So I think I think it's at least worth the watch. Yeah, I'd agree. Like it's it's worth the stream. Uh, I'm glad it's on Netflix because I yeah. can, I don't have to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, and I guess I will say that this movie, you know, though didn't like it as much as the game. You know, I found it very entertaining, and it did have great pacing. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. terrible. Like I know I said it felt a little rushed, but at some points, but the pacing was generally pretty good. So it never felt an enjoyable boring. film. Yeah. yeah, it was never boring at all. The movie keeps moving. So you, you don't realize it's an almost two-hour movie because it's over in the blink of an eye. So I'd yeah. say check it out. It's worth the stream. Yeah, and Fun then adventure movie. Before we get on to the spoilers, I guess next week we have The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Doing another scary movie. Yes. So prepared. Um, I will say for this movie, this has the weirdest place to start. I don't... I really don't like it when movies do this, where they show kind of the end of the movie before showing any of the beginning of the movie. And I, I don't like that they start when he's falling out of the plane. And then yeah, they uh, they kind of throughout the movie mix a lot of elements from the four games. And the beginning of this movie is very similar to how the third game starts like falling out of a plane with a lot of cargo. And I mean, in the game, they're over a desert, not over the ocean, but. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it starts out, you know, it's one of those movies where it starts close to the end and then you get the flashback of like, you know, a week earlier, you know, or something like that. Yeah. I, I hate it when movies do that. I hate it when video games do it. I, I just, there's not many movies that do it well. There are a few. I will give that credit. Those movies that do it well, I love them. And I love the choices that they made, but for most movies, they do not do this well. And I don't think it does well, very, very well here. Yeah. I feel like I would have still enjoyed seeing this scene in the movie, but I would have liked it later when it actually happens. Yeah. But they wanted to start out the movie with an exciting, like bang. Yeah. Yeah. And then immediately after he like climbs up the cargo and gets hit by the car, which without having context, like hearing the car rev, me and Jen both were like, what the hell? Did that car just rev before it hit him? Like, no one's driving the car, not knowing, obviously, what happens later. But <laughs> we're just like, what? And then it goes to him bartending. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, he's falling in the air, and it shows someone grab his hand. And then, boom, cuts to, you know, a few days earlier, and he's working his job as a bartender. Yeah, it's it's so random. And then we, uh, I think we get a little bit of a stuff about his brother and stuff at this point and we get a little introduction to Sully sort of after that yeah we get a little background uh he grew up in an orphanage with his brother and his brother kind of keeps getting into trouble but they both have this like affinity for adventure and they love you know like almost like that archaeology feel like uh, finding the hidden treasures and stuff like that but his brother gets into trouble and he ends up you know, some cops come to the orphanage to arrest him and his brother ends up escaping and saying like, hey, 
I'll be in contact with you. And then it cuts to him bartending more and, you know, showing where his life is at now. And he's, you know, bartending, but also scamming people while yep. bartending, kind of lifting jewelry and stuff off of people. And that's when we meet Sully. Sully comes in and offers him a job and tells him to meet him. I uh, love a certain part here. Um, he's like asking him like all the things that he might need for this job that they're doing together. And he's like giving him all the story about like, uh, I knew your brother or whatever. And this, the treasure you guys talked about when you were kids, um, I'm still going after and he was going after and we need to do this and that. And he's asking what he needs. And he's like, I need this, this and a cat. And I was like, why would he ask for a cat? And I was like, maybe he's just testing him to see if he'll actually get him everything he needs or something. And then <laughs> when he actually gets him the cat, I love it so much because he's he's like, why, so why did you need the cat? He's like, oh, you just seemed like you were lonely and needed a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God damn it. That was pretty good. Yeah, so they are going on this uh, heist because they need the, you know, the one MacGuffin that leads to the other MacGuffin, but they, they are going to this auction house to steal half of a like ancient key that when you put the two keys together, like just they open secret doors and whatnot. I will say the puzzle aspects in this game and the like finding the treasure was I haven't felt like that kind of like excitement for those kind of things since National Treasure. And like this for me was like, it's, I, I definitely, it's not as good as National Treasure, but like the puzzles and the way they actually like are searching for these clues and finding these things. And like when they go to that Catholic ch- church or whatever, I, I'm skipping a little bit ahead, sorry, but mm-hmm. I love it so much. It's so fucking perfect. Yeah. The, the adventure aspect of this movie is, is really well done and the pacing is great um so they like end up getting it into a bunch of shenanigans at the auction house and having to steal the key in a way you know the the plan doesn't go as they planned so which i love the scottish guy or whatever that comes after him and (laughs) tom holland's just like I can, never can understand what he's saying. I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> the thing, though, like that is the, the the least scary henchman I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> like, yeah. He's meant to just get a laugh from the audience. He's a, a Scottish guy that speaks too Scottish. So you can't understand his English. And so that's the joke, you know? Yeah. Um, I love <laughs> the stunt work though. In a lot of these scenes, like I do think the things that they do in this, like him falling down those lights was really cool. The fight choreography with the henchmen was kind of nice sometimes, especially in later scenes and stuff. Well, I know Tom did most of his own stunts. Oh, he yeah. had a stunt double that helped out, but I know he tried to do as much as he could. Tom always is really funny with stunt doubles because he, he tries to do as much stunts as he can, but he always like never like wants to fully admit uh, that he doesn't do all of his own stunts. So there's like a funny video of him like on the set of Spider-Man uh, far from home where he's like yeah I do my own stunts and then his stunt double gets hit by the water on the bridge <laughs> and he's like oh shoot uh, you didn't see that <laughs> like he's obviously playing it for laughs but it is kind of funny that because he does so many of his stunts a lot of people don't realize and give recognition to his stunt doubles so yeah uh, I guess I forgot to mention at the auction house they they meet the main villain of the story uh, played by Antonio Banderas and he really captures like the spirit of what an uncharted villain could be. Oh, okay. 
I mean, it's very cheesy. He's a cheesy villain and he doesn't really have much to do in the movie. But yeah. like the way he acts, like he kind of captures that feeling. I do think there is later in the movie a bait and switch and Antonio ends up not being the main villain. Yeah. And I think that villain switch sucked so much. It really did. Like, <laughs> it was unnecessary and so stupid. It really ruined the momentum for me. Like I was yeah. actually kind of building to something and I thought like Santiago started acting a little more crazy and started getting a little bit more villainy. And I'm like, Ooh, this is actually building this somewhere. And then <laughs> I was like, why? Why? Yeah. And we'll get to that when we get there. Cause it's really stupid, but yeah. Yeah. So they escape and then they go to meet their friend, Chloe, who Chloe in the video games is in the second game. She's a love interest of Nathan Drake, but in the movie, it feels almost more like a, I don't know. She seems much older than him, so it feels like yeah. the whole like, older sister thing. I don't know. It's it's weird. But... It, it feels like that, but it also like it feels like they're trying to get some chemistry, and there's some moments of chemistry, and they like they do share a couple moments that are decent, but it it does feel like she looks at him more as like a naive child than a love interest herself. Yeah, and I don't know. I just don't think it's really played well. But so they end up in this like unnecessarily long chase sequence with her because Chloe steals half the key and is running away and they're like trying to catch her. And then they realize it'd be better if we work together. And, you know, it's one of those stupid backstabbing moments. But so they end up getting to the church. (laughs) This is annoying to me because everyone talks about how amazing they are at being thieves and how amazing they are at realizing when someone's tailing them. But then, like, she's like, I've been following you since the airport. Everyone is so shit at realizing they're being followed because there's always someone following you throughout the entire movie. They're following her, and the other girl, Joe, that works for Antonio Banderas is also following them. And so you have, like, this triangle of people following each other throughout the entire movie, and there's always someone following each other, but they're all so good at seeing who's tailing them. But they're always surprised every time someone comes up. It's a cat and mouse game that goes throughout the entire movie. It's worse than a Tom and Jerry episode sometimes. (laughs) Uh, So, like, one of the biggest, like, the biggest puzzle piece like sequence of the movie they're at this church and they find out the use of the keys there's like hidden catacombs underneath the church underneath the sea kind of leading around and there's this one point where they end up going into like a nightclub yeah like they they exit part of this underground catacomb into a nightclub and then behind the bar of the nightclub is another door that leads continuing into the catacomb and i just found that so funny because i'm like did the people that built this nightclub ever think, I wonder what these two Doors. entrances lead to. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, let's just build this nightclub here. Let's not worry about it. We'll put a grate over that one and then that, you know, other stone door. Let's just leave it as a back piece to the bar. Yeah, like, it's, it's so fine. weird, especially because, like, in the puzzle or whatever, one place is leading to heaven and one place is leading to hell and the place that leads to hell is in the nightclub and the door to hell is in the back of the nightclub and i'm like what (laughs) yeah and then and then it's even worse because the door to heaven is like in the back of a papa john's restaurant yeah (laughs) that was so weird it's displayed in this like art case like it's a preserved wall from original structures and stuff that has the keyhole to unlock the door to heaven which is in the ground Mm mm-hmm and but it's in the back of this papa john's behind a sheet of glass so i just i thought it was really funny 
Yeah, and just Mark Wahlberg. I mean, I know he was pressed for time, but him just like picking up the chair and just trying to break the <laughs> glass wall. And then, of course, the girl Joe popping up behind him. Give me the key, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they end up in this fight where he's underground. Chloe and Nathan are dr- slowly drowning. Like the, They ended up using their key and it opened the door. But the other, there's another door that didn't open and where they're at is filling up with water. Which there's so many of these traps in these movies. It's kind of annoying how many you know. water traps there are. <laughs> but I found it funny. Like they're, you know, Mark Wahlberg's in this fight with this other girl and ends up, you know, getting the glass broken and putting the key in just in time, you know. And they find this underground lair where these these giant like clay urns and they yeah. think they found the gold they've been looking for, but it's actually filled with salt. And there's a there's a map that is buried within the salt that yeah. leads to the actual treasure. And then we get our first betrayal. I mean, I guess our second Not betrayal. First. Yeah. <laughs> like our third betrayal or something. Yeah. And Chloe's holds a gun up to Nathan Drake's head and it's like, give me the map and knocks him out and Sully's like wondering what's happening because he's still up top and can't get to him, which it never shows how Nathan got out of there if he found the way out the the same way she got out or whatever. Sully found his way down to Nathan yeah. and they left together. Felt like I I felt like I knew it was coming, but it was so annoying and it was especially after he had just saved her from drowning. He had helped her find out everything that they were do- both doing wrong finding this puzzle, which I got to say, the one thing that was a little annoying about this movie, um, I love the puzzle aspect of it, but I hate how much uh, everything they're doing in this movie seems like it's the most complicated things. And Nathan Drake always comes in and makes it seem like, why haven't you figured this out? Like, I instantly figure everything out. Like, it's so, like, on the nose. <laughs> He's well because Nathan Drake is originally brought in by Sully because Nathan is an expert on it, the history of what they're looking for. So, okay, I mean Nathan is an expert like about all of this stuff they're trying to do. So that's why Sully brought him in. Okay. So I'm not surprised that Nathan was able to figure out these things because he had a passion. Oh, I'm not surprised either, but it's like it's always just so funny how like everyone else is so like oblivious to some of these things that seem so that especially they make it seem like it should be so obvious. It's like, Oh, you guys didn't realize that like no one else thought about like the way that they said a certain word or anything back in the day. Like it's kind of crazy. Only even the, the location of the first keyhole in the church. They're like, they have this journal that has a, uh, you know, it's talking about the location and it has this picture of a tree of life that they're looking for, which is the exact same picture of a tree that is on the front of the church. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like some of these things are just like so ridiculously obvious that like any of like and I, I guess like if you're trying to make it a video game adaptation, like these are puzzles that everyone does need to be able to figure out. So in that aspect of being a player, it almost seems like it might have been intentional, but at the same time, it's just so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Chloe betrays them because she says, you know, sooner or later, you're going to betray me, so I'm going to betray you first. And Mm -hmm. they end up going across the seas, you know, to go find, you know, where everything's going. And yeah, they end up on the whole plane. And uh, yeah, Chloe turns out was also working for Santiago and, (laughs) you know... It's dumb. So they all end up on the plane and it turns out, you know, uh, Victor 
and Nathan sneak on the plane inside that red car. They're in the trunk. Mm -hmm. But so Santiago is giving this like evil villain speech of like, we got the map. We are so close. We are going to get this done. He's very menacing. And then out of nowhere, his right hand, Joe, that that girl, Mm -hmm. she comes up and slices his neck open and just murders him right there. And he drops to the ground. And of course, not a drop of blood in sight, even though it's like very graphic. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's one of those scenes where, like, there should have been blood, but they only put, like, one line of blood. But Mm -hmm. uh, the thing that threw me off about that is she betrays him, and then she looks at everyone as, like, you know, I am the captain now. (laughs) Exactly. uh, None of the other henchmen of Santiago, like, react. They're just like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, we'll follow you now. Whatever. Yeah. It's so it's so it's it's really really dumb and it really like I felt like everything was going pretty well up into this point and this point it it arrives where it gets into some of the best like action sequences and some of the coolest set pieces but with a villain that we just don't care about at all like I was so much more invested in this other guy and thinking he was going to be a good villain and Antonio Banderas like he's really good at the way he does his vocal inflections and stuff like he can sound menacing and i believed that he was actually going to be a really good villain i think if he stayed as the villain i would have liked it a lot oh yeah he was he was a great villain and i just felt like this undermining like you know bait and switch just it was not done well and i don't think the villain joe was a good villain at all i don't know she was just really annoying she was and we get this whole fight on the plane and then we get the whole sequence that we saw at the beginning where the car hits him and you realize that Sully actually jumped off the plane earlier and Sully had one of the and he had a parachute. <laughs> Drake stays on and then uh runs into Chloe because Chloe was in the car and she has actually one that was revving the engine and dri- driving the car off of the plane. So midair they end up both jumping out of the car. And latching on to a piece of the cargo, and they end up breaking open the cargo's uh, parachute so that mm-hmm. they could land safely in the water. Yeah. And I, I love the scene after they get to the beach because they walk up on the beach <laughs> and they walk past Nolan North, who voiced Nathan Drake in the game. And it's just, it's so great because he says something to them. It's like this little wink at the audience, well, like, hey. Yeah, because he's talking about all the things that just happened, like, why? Because you just hit me with a car out of a plane or something like that. And then Nolan North is like, I had an adventure like that once. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty great. Uh, but then they end up going to like a hotel and looking over the map that they actually got a hold of. Well, she like remembered everything to the millimeter or something like that. Like she said it was accurate to the millimeter. And I was like, what the hell? (laughs) But so using the map, Nathan finds out the true location of the gold while Chloe is sleeping. So he ends up writing down the GPS coordinates of the location of the gold and then goes to bed. And then he wakes up and... Chloe left without him and stole the location, so... Yeah, I I will say before we move on too much, I love this entire scene of them going through all of the postcards his brother sent him because he realized um, at the church that the postcard was from that church, so he also recognized that clue, and he realized Mm -hmm. that he probably did send him a secret message, and then it really goes back to the beginning of the movie where we see the hidden messages they did with flames... 
and then yeah, him finding kinda... the cipher with that like it was a good like really i really like the whole montage there of them going through in every every single note and looking at all the pictures of separating them into different colors like this is blue this is green this is red like that whole scene was just so cool well done yeah, and he like uses the flame to reveal invisible ink mm-hmm. underneath the postcard and stuff. It's really well done. When he woke up and Chloe was gone, he reveals that he gave he left the wrong coordinates out because he knew she would betray him, and yep. he kept the other coordinates hidden. So he ends up going towards the gold. Before we move on, I I just got one thing that annoyed me the whole film is that. Nathan has this lighter that his brother gave him. And throughout the whole movie is this ongoing joke that he's always trying to light something, mm-hmm. but the lighter does not work. And th- what annoyed me the most is like, dude, it's a Zippo lighter. If you just just refill, yeah. refill it, that yeah. <laughs> it probably just needed fuel. It, it wasn't broken because it sparked like the yeah. flint was working. It's like, just put more fuel in it and it'll work. <laughs> like, just just stop. He's like, no, it's my lucky lighter. And well, he just and you keeps know, trying. you know, every time he says that, they're like, oh, there's going to be a moment where he has to do it and it does work. Woo-hoo, it can't wait works. for that moment. Which that moment happens and it's awesome. But at the same time, it's like, just, just fill the yeah. damn lighter. <laughs> I got to say, like, so this he's on the boat going towards the actual location. Of course, the villain Joe sees him going towards that location like, oh, wait, Nathan's still alive and he's going that way. He must know where that treasure actually is. And we're all wrong because he's been right on everything. And I I love the scene of them like going and him finding the boat and everything. It was funny that uh, they also did another callback to Soli never shutting his apps and they did the find a phone app earlier with the heaven and hell thing. And he was able to find the boats almost at the exact same time Drake did just because he had been following him the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, these two giant, like almost pirate ships that are both filled with gold. It's really cool scene. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite lines of the movie. Um, so then, of course, because she saw Nathan Drake, Joe comes to the ships as well, and they're trying to find a hiding spot. And Nathan Drake remembers that these ships have a secret compartment to like hide in in a certain spot. So he goes to it, and he's like, I don't want to lay in there. And he's like, you can either get shot in the head, or you can come down for a quick cuddle. <laughs> I, I, I just love that line. <laughs> it's pretty great. So they end up, which I, I found this kind of funny too, but they have these giant cargo carrying helicopters come in this is and so stupid why is there just a convenient giant hole over these two ships yeah there's, there's a giant hole in this cave <laughs> in the top and i'm like wait so how did these things stay hidden for so long exactly <laughs> if you can see through all the sh- oh it's so stupid so each ship is attached to a helicopter via like a net or something mm-hmm so that they can carry it to, you know, the barges they're going to, so they can collect their money, their billions of dollars. But, you know, and then, you know, awesome CGI air fight scene on top of boats happens. And it's, it's actually really cool and fun. I was going to say, I like this scene, actually. The, the flying ships fight scene was it was so much cooler than I thought it was going to be. Like, seeing it in the trailer didn't do us justice. Like, I actually really enjoyed this scene. Yeah, it was really great. And I guess I found it funny during the scene because they 
throughout this last act of the movie, Nathan Drake is slowly acquiring pieces to his clothing that makes him look exactly yep. like the video games. Like he has his his typical, you know, khaki pants and like his tan shirt and his necklace with his ring on it. But then he gets, you know, he gets a gun holster and then gets uh-huh. a gun to put in it. And, you know, he just becomes. I absolutely Drake. loved that. Actually, that was a really cool way to get into the video game costume yeah (laughs) i thought that was brilliantly done i did think it was really funny i did notice one mistake in this fight scene there's a moment where a guy tackles slowly and he goes through the ship door uh to the captain's quarters and it it breaks it totally shatters and then in the very next shot nathan is thrown into that same door that's now fully intact again and then slowly pushes the door back open from the inside really yep i actually rewound it and showed jen and she's like how did you catch that that's interesting yeah i didn't even notice that but yeah you know fight ensues all the bad guys fall off the boat except you know conveniently joe so mark ends up climbing up the netting and hijacking one of the helicopters and flying away because he used to be a helicopter pilot of course (laughs) yeah and joe gets on the boat and has a fight with nathan and i mean it's a really fun fight and you know he uh before she ended up getting on the boat he had his lighter moment where he goes up to one of the ship's cannons he loads a bunch of gunpowder in. i love this throws a cannonball in and then of course his lighter's not working and then he finally gets to work and he launches a cannonball at the other helicopter and takes it out i love that so much that was so cool yeah it was really cool then after this this is one of the stupidest scenes for me um, for a lot of different reasons, but we get the fight with Joe and Drake, which isn't like a bad fight for most of it. But once it gets to the point where solely drops, he's got the helicopter and autopilot. She dropped the anchor. It's like at full extension. He dropped the bag of gold and he's like, it almost fell off the helicopter, but now Nathan needs a hand. Like he has so much time right there that he's just sitting there wondering what to do. He could have very easily grabbed the gold, thrown it in the chair, and still got to Nathan in that amount of time that was shown on screen. But no, of course, he's like, I have to kill her with this gold and throws that at her head. And I'm like, you you had the bag in your hand. You could have just put it in the helicopter and grabbed Nathan and flown off. You didn't have to hit her with it. Like, uh I- I do love her death, though, because her character was so annoying to me. So, like, she gets hit in the head by the gold, falls in the water, and then it shows her swim up and survive, you know. But when the boat get the ship got released from the helicopter. So she looks up and the ship just smashes her in the water. And I'm like, thank God she's dead. I just I hated that character so much. (laughs) I I am glad with the way that she died and that she did die because if she survived and was gonna be a sequel villain, I was probably not gonna watch the sequel. No. Yeah, and they they leave and it turns out that in Nathan's cargo pants he actually put a lot of the gold in his pockets. So he ends up giving some to Sully. Which was funny because he was giving Sully so much shit for packing his backpack full of gold, but he packed his yeah. entire pants and all of the pockets and the khakis, which ha ha ha, khakis have lots of pockets. Well, it was <laughs> you know, that whole pants. thing where like, Sully is sad he lost his gold and Nathan's like, ah, I got some for you. Like, yeah, and then uh, Sam being alive was interesting. I didn't know if that's a thing in the game too. 
So, yes, yeah, spoiler alert, uh, in the fourth video game, his brother Sam is alive. Okay. And it becomes a, a huge part of it. And actually, you'll love this. Okay. Uh, in, the, in the fourth oh, game. Oh, it's Troy Baker, Sam, isn't it? Yeah, it's Troy Baker is voicing Sam. Sorry, I did so, remember hearing that. <laughs> really cool. But, uh, so, I, I mean, I would see a sequel to this. If I would. It Sam in it. And they... I liked the end credit scene of this movie probably more than I liked the actually mo- the actual movie itself because Nathan and Sully actually seemed like their characters from the games okay. in the post credit scene. It's like this post credit scene, you know, they finished their adventure, they collected some money, and now they're on a new adventure, and they're meeting with this guy uh, to get you know some MacGuffin, and they end up getting it, and. Uh, you know, Sully comes in and it starts this whole bar, bar fight, but Sully has his mustache now. Yeah. And the, Nathan, and I don't know, they, they acted like their characters. So and, there's a lot of hope leave. for the sequel, I guess, as an Uncharted fan? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, I'd still, like, being such a fan of the games, you know, I still really enjoyed this movie, even though it wasn't, like necessarily 100 accurate yeah. which is fine like the movies being its own thing and i actually applaud it for that so i guess do you have any final thoughts yeah i would just say that like overall like i said there's a lot of really good stunt work and puzzle work in this and i really do like a lot of the visuals and the things in this and besides like we've said a couple of the characters not really feeling like their video game counterpart as much and the double crossing getting stupidly annoying and the bad guy being terrible this movie was actually still like decently worth a watch. Yeah, it's it's highly enjoyable, and I think anyone would have a good time watching it. It's a great adventure film, uh, even without looking at the game. I will say though, like if you're at all interested, play the game as well. Like yes. I, that's my recommendation: is you know watch the movie if you're interested. It is a fun movie, but definitely play the game for sure. All right. Well, I guess that's everything. And like we said, next week is going to be the autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah, so we will see you then. Bye.